0: Erin Claire Jones is on in the calm that's right Erin Claire Jones the human design expert and leadership coach she is here she is spilling all the beans about everything you would want to know with human design as well as things that I hadn't even thought about like what do you do if you don't know your birth time for your chart anyway we get into all of it there's so many goodies in this conversation It was a beautiful conversation. Make sure you check out the show notes for a special code and offer from Erin Claire Jones. Let's dive in. Welcome to In The Calm. I'm your host, Georgiana Alexander. Welcome to In The Calm. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Just to kind of give everyone a little bit of your background, you are a human design expert and a leadership coach. You've been featured in publications like Forbes and Well and Good and Nylon and Allure, as well as just so many incredible podcasts, some of my favorites. That's where I think I connected Mm -hmm. with you and then later on Instagram. And now here you are in the calm. So thank you so much for being here.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I cannot wait to get into this question. I'm trying to just not overload you with every question I've ever had about human design, but just to kind of back it up, I have loved your perspective. It really, as as we were just talking about, it turned the page for me with being able to have accessibility to what can seem really daunting and overwhelming if you're first starting to learn about human design. Oh, okay. I've heard you talk about that it took you time to build that framework and that perspective mm-hmm. for yourself. Would you kind of share that story of your overview of what human design is from your viewpoint and your perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. So high level human design is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint on how you're uniquely wired to thrive, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's in your relationships, but it basically gives us each our own roadmap to finding flow in our lives. And I think that So often we get stuck because we're trying to kind of emulate what others are doing or doing what we think we should do. And human design just really reveals like the path that's going to often feel the most right for us. And I think part of why I love human design is that you know, it gives us all this juicy information about ourselves, like very specific and endless information, but it's also incredibly practical. Like it gives us tools to work with each piece. And I feel like that's more often than not what we need. You know, I think that it's amazing to get good information, but if we don't know what to do with it, it can kind of like leave our heads soon after it arrived. And so I think human design kind of bridges the kind of knowledge and also the practical application so beautifully. So beautifully said.
0: I'm not surprised at all. I know this is your passion in wheelhouse, but I think it's so on point because there is so much information that you gain from this. I mean, I felt like yeah. a pretty self aware person as I came into, I guess, a relationship with human design and just the things that I've learned about myself and kind of that permission that it gives you to just show up and be your totally amazing weirdest self and everything that you felt in side and just sort of peel off all that conditioning that we walk around with yeah. it feels so good and then i feel like the more that i learn about myself the more i'm like wow i can't believe that that was so off mark with how i'm showing up in the world mm-hmm. or that you know and just like you kind of knew it but it, it like really just lays it out there for you right mm-hmm. in front of you and on the page and for you i mean you started your human design and just really quick backup we share with everybody what your human design is and astrology we need to like peek behind the curtain here of Erin Claire Jones
1: of course <laughs> so my human design is I'm a projector my profile is a 6-2 for those who are familiar and if you guys don't yet know your human design you can look it up at blueprint.com. my astrology my sun sign is I'm a Taurus my moon is in Capricorn and my rising is Scorpio Amazing. I'm a
0: three-five projector. You know that because you've done yes.
1: blueprint. Then <laughs> I love
0: your interpretation of projector, but all the other components mm. make so much sense with the way you're able to bring all those tactile pieces mm. down in just really a yummy, earthy, tangible access. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that with us. But of course. Okay, now to kind of dive into a little bit of your story. I think as a projector, as a three-five projector, I know I have felt this in my own life. I know a lot of the our community feels this way that being a pioneer or being first in something feels so overwhelming and i feel like you were really at the forefront of sharing human design at a time when it wasn't being presented in that in that way what it what was that like for you and how did you kind of break down those fear barriers or visibility barriers
1: yeah it wasn't easy you know, I discovered human design in 2015 and started working with it almost immediately. My first teacher was my business partner. So we kind of like, we're really excited to bring human design into the world and specifically to business. That was kind of the first iteration of our business and it was challenging because it was at a time that human design was not really well known. You know, I had never heard of it before mm-hmm. it was introduced to me and like no one I knew knew what it was. You know, it wasn't like a popular nor was it a cool thing, but I just remember being like this system is so golden. Like there's so much juicy information and I think it can be so transformative for people, but it just required so much education at first, you know, which is true with all new things, but like I loved being on the kind of cutting edge of it because I just like, I knew that like at some point people would have to be interested because it was so cool and it was so useful. But I think that in those early years, it really required a lot of faith in myself because I wasn't really getting any external recognition. So I wasn't really getting kind of any like validation from the outside world that it was the right path. And it was just the knowing within myself that it was like, no, this is right. And like, keep going, keep studying, keep learning. Like it will make sense. The time will come. And I actually walked away from the business in 2017 because of a new opportunity emerged That was really exciting. But also because, you know, I think with that partnership, I didn't feel kind of free to share human design in all the ways that I wanted to. Mm. And so, you know, I was like not doing human design. I mean, I was studying it, but I wasn't, didn't have a business around it for about four months and it was really hard. <laughs> and I remember my, my partner kind of fall in our winter. It was like December of twenty of 2017. He was just like, Aaron, like, you've got to try again. Like you failed. It didn't work. Like, so what, you know, this is like true of most entrepreneurs, like this will be the first iteration. So I launched my own practice in 2018, January, like January 1st. And, and it, it happened, you know, and not immediately and with time, but it really was at a time where people were ready for it and excited about it. And it's been amazing to kind of watch the excitement and popularity of human design grow. You know, it's been just extraordinary, but I will say for any fellow entrepreneurs out there, I think that you know, when I was building my own practice in 2018, it was alongside this job that I had and the job gave me all this flexibility and they loved human design. And so I was using human design there. But I think that like, that really felt so much better to me than kind of what I was doing before because I had so much pressure to kind of support myself immediately from it. Mm -hmm. But I think when I was building it alongside a job, I just allowed it to do it like a much more organically. And then when I left that job, it was because human design, I knew it was successful. I knew it could support me full-time. Like there was no question about it. But I think that like, it just like it happened in a flow that felt far more natural than it did before. And so, that I think looking back really felt better for me, even though that won't be true for everyone.
0: That is so valuable of an experience to share, especially here because. I think that so often, you know, everything that we try to set out to do, we feel like this immense pressure that it needs to be like a unicorn. It needs to be like the golden child immediately, but it's like any good relationship, right? Like it starts off as a little kindling, a little bitty flame, and then you have to let it grow. And sometimes those things go viral and take off. And other times we have to take our time to decondition our own blocks and limitations within our charts, you know? and our and yeah. our design too. I know I've experienced that and even even though I've built startups, you know, I go through my own experiences when it's your thing, it's sometimes really different to yeah. show up in a different way. I've mm-hmm. always really felt resonant to the way that you show up as a projector, you know, not just on in the information that you've shared as a human design, but, you know, I don't want to be biased to, you know, to only projectors out there. Like I try not to be. Sorry, you guys, every every other time, because I see you as well. But I just think it's so cool the way that you present the projector viewpoint and give, you know, give a lot of space for the way that we show up. Yeah. I, you posted something about Serena Williams, and I was just mind blown. Like that has stuck with me ever mm-hmm. since. I'm like how do I show up physically to win the grand Slam? You know, it's like, I'm like trying to work it out in my mind, like, okay, you know, is, you know, how do I do this? But for me, I was introduced to human design in 2019 and I really brushed it off. I was like, what is this? And that's really unlike me, actually. I normally Mm -hmm. am very receptive to new ideas and things. And I was like, I don't need another thing, like Enneagram, whatever, like, okay, I'm good. But really, I think it was when I felt compelled to get a blueprint. From you, that it just kind of opened the door. And for everyone listening, Aaron's blueprints are incredible. They are not overwhelming, but yet extremely in depth. All about you, and it was when I read my blueprint from you that I I, was—I then officially became obsessed with human design, and then went up on a, you know, learning tangent and everything like that. But it really gives so much validation. You say that human design leads us to self-actualization. I've heard you speak about that, and I think it's so cool the nuances of that, like what that actually means.
1: You know, I think the magic of human design is that it like serves as a massive permission slip. You know, like I said at the beginning, it's like, I think we often go down the roads that we think we should go down or what others have done, but like they often don't feel right to us. And I think human design kind of lays out a way of being that is so specifically designed for us and often will feel really good for us. And I know that, you know, when I discovered my human design as a projector i wasn't living any of it like i'd been trying so hard to be everything but that like i just didn't have faith that like that way of operating which is so much around not being a doer you know and really kind of being more of a guide a leader like really just building a career around kind of being smart about people mm-hmm. like i just didn't believe that was possible and human design told me that it was you know and it it let me know kind of a way of working and showing up in a way that might feel more authentic and like it has not only felt more authentic and felt so much better but like it has led to far more success than any other path that I've attempted has, you know? So (laughs) I think that it, the self-actualization piece is really around kind of leaning into a way of working, a way of parenting, a way of being in relationship, a way of operating that just feels really right for us. And also really learning how to support those we love and operating in the way that feels right for them, even if it's really different than our operating system, you know? So I think that like That really changes our lives, you know. And I I witness Mm -hmm. that shift so many things in terms of career, you know, home, all the things. When we just kind of show up in a way that works for us.
0: That is so beautifully said, and I agree. I feel like the more that you validate yourself and feel comfortable within who you are, and you can dismantle so many of the pieces that you're carrying around, you know, not knowing from family, from society, from all these different sources. It's like it, it gives. Me, it's given me a greater sense of peace and sort of calm with others with accepting others natures as well yeah. and seeing that and i think i've always had a sense okay. of empathy to that and awareness of that but really on a deeper level just accepting our differences and appreciating our differences has been a really beautiful unexpected gift and learning more about human design i would say
1: Yeah, I mean, I think human design is such a powerful tool for individual alignment. But I think once we kind of use it in that way, it becomes the most powerful way to understand our kids and our partners and our friends and our parents and our siblings and our collaborators and our team. And like it just, I find so much friction can emerge when we want someone to be similar to us or different than what they are. But I think when we really have the framework to understand how they uniquely operate, how they might make decisions differently than us, how their energy might move differently than us, you know how they might be really sensitive to things that we are feeling in ways we never anticipated, like so much can transform because we stop taking all these things personally and making each other wrong for them. But we just like, (laughs) we just understand them. You know, I know that for me, my husband is like opposite me in almost every single way, you know, and that could be really challenging. What is your husband's human design? He's a one, three generator. <laughs> okay. um, and like, and it could be really challenging if I was like, why aren't you doing it like me? You know. But I think that our differences are what make us amazing collaborators is what makes us able to work together well, You know, to like live together well, to be best friends, to now parent together well. So I think that like our differences are absolutely our greatest gift. But I think it, you know, human design has been such a beautiful reminder of like what those differences are and how to work with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the question is like, for everyone out there, they're like, well, where do I find out, you know, all of these pieces? This is actually a question I had is I really wanted to take a look at, I know you're a new mom, you've got this beautiful baby, about about five months, about five. Six, six months. months. I was going to say, I felt like it goes yeah. around five, six months. So do you have different tips for parenting, either going into the birthing process or in parenting that you feel like, wow, I didn't know that this would be applicable, but this mm. is amazing. Is there anything that really stood out for you in your experience?
1: Yeah, I think human design is so useful in parenting. I think both in terms of understanding children and also in how to take care of yourself. I will say one thing that I have learned as a projector parent, you know, projectors, like I said earlier, aren't really here to be consistent doers. Like they often need a lot of space and time alone. And yes. and I think that like, I really honor that from the beginning and being a new mom. You know, I spend so much time with my child and like, don't really leave the house much, you know? And, and I'm blessed to have support, but I think that like, I really prioritize, you know, taking really good care of myself, like spending time alone, like going by myself to yoga or Pilates or just like these little moments you know, and not feeling guilt around it, like knowing that it only makes me better at what I do as a parent. And so I think that like, that has felt really important is like, I think having a lot of one-on-one time with my daughter, but also really taking good care of myself. And like, sometimes that's not possible in these early moments and in these early stages. But I think that like, you know, I've sat with so many parents that feel so guilty around that. Yeah. i like, and I'm just like, I need it. I'm like, I'm actually like not a great mom when I don't take it, you know? And like, even if it's just five minutes and like, you know, if you're say a generator or manifesting generator parent, you know, I think that so much of that design is around doing the things that really light you up and and doing the things that excite you and knowing that like that energy really ripples out and benefits everyone around you, especially your kids, and so i see that in my partner, who's a generator. It's like, he's actually so like, all of his passions are like, like exploded right now, you know? And like, <laughs> it gives him so much more energy to show up as a dad. And like, I had a session last week with an amazing mother who was a manifesting generator and she was struggling because she was really like at home all day, every day with her kid. And like, just like gave herself no permission to kind of do anything that excited her, you know, at home or outside of it. And, and she was really burnt out. And like, and, but felt a lot of guilt around it, you know? And I just kind of reminded her that like, you again, like a five minutes can make a difference, you know? But like just giving herself a little bit of space to do things that excited her, both with her kid and outside of her, son like would only give her more energy to show up as a parent you know and it was just so emotional for her because she just like felt so little permission to create space for her desires as a parent when it was like actually the thing that would give her the most energy to show up as a parent you know and so they're just like these little things that I think give us a lot of permission and it's going to be the same with understanding your kids you know because often kids are going to be really different than you and I already know my I mean my daughter's six months old so like you know, I'm, I'm seeing some of it, but not much of it yet, but you know, she's a manifesting <laughs> generator. She's so different than me, you know? And so it's <laughs> like, I feel really grateful to know that, you know, because I think that it's, it's going to give me so many tools to really learn how to support her and not make her wrong for just being herself.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm just picturing this manifesting generator in the house of the projector and the generator and just the energy and the the ways of doing it. It's so unique. But to go back to your point. I think that that permission to Take time for ourselves, isn't it fascinating how in motherhood I feel like we see it in parenthood? We really see it loudly come to life yes. that we don't give ourselves permission for ourselves, but totally. in so many other areas of our life. We really, it's like the thing, even as you said, five minutes that would make us happy so, or give yeah. us so much life. We just push that aside and push that aside and push it aside and prioritize yeah. everything but ourselves in that. Yeah. So, I think that. It is interesting learning how you work and how you function and how you rest best and how you yeah. eat best and all of these things. It really gives you so much focus and energy and space to be yourself. It's really incredible. Totally. I love yeah. that perspective on parenthood. Okay, so mm-hmm. looking at our healthiest relationships, what does that look like in a child? I mean, I'm really curious about
1: like, Your perspective and what you share with others. Yeah. Um. So you know, I think that as projectors, I think it's really important in your relationships that you feel really seen and really recognized, and like in the deepest of ways. Not somebody being like, "You do this well." You're like, "Cool," but like that doesn't really make me feel seen. It's like really authentic, deep recognition. I think as projectors, you're going to need a lot of space in your relationships, a lot of time alone, and to make sure that need is like honored and you're never shamed or made wrong for that. One-on-one time is so important. You know, I know for me. I had like such an amazing community, but I started feeling disconnected because I was just like always with people in community. And I didn't get the kind of like one-on-one depth that I was like, so desiring as a projector. So really carving out space for that. And also I would say it's a projector, like there's such a need for reciprocity in relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as a projector, like your gift is making people feel very seen and you can make people feel so good to be around because of that gift. but for it to be sustainable, you have to feel very seen in return, you know? And I feel like it's giving you energy. And I've talked to so many projectors that feel so burnt out because they're just like kind of like coaching and giving guidance to their friends, but feeling like no reciprocity, no recognition and really burning out. So like Making sure that like you're not only seeing but you're feeling so seen, and there's so much kind of curiosity expressed in return. Does that make sense? You're a projector, you yeah. Like oh, going?
0: a million percent for me. Yeah, and you can use yeah. me. You can call anything on my tar. I'm here for it. That's that's great. But yeah. yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that. For everyone listening, I mean, I think most of you guys know, but I was married really young at 21. We ended up getting divorced, but it was really fascinating. We were actually both projectors, and we had no idea at wow. that time. This like in the 2000s, and we would sleep in different rooms oftentimes are like live in different parts of the day. And it seemed so odd to us at that time that that's how we were living. And that's what felt natural. And now we both kind of laugh at it as friends. I was like, you know, we were actually honoring what we both needed was a lot of alone time and we did a lot together, but having that extra sleep space, you know, alone where we would choose to stay in the same room, but then also sleep in our own rooms. And that just seemed so wrong and weird at those mm. young ages but then actually it was so honoring and now i couldn't imagine now i'm like i want my own room you know and any really <laughs> <laughs>
1: the
0: option right you know mm-hmm. to have some space so it is really funny when you start looking at your your own nuances
1: what that looks like and start to honor Totally. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that, like, it is kind of ideally projectors in relationships. You know, if they're living with somebody, it is really nice to have your own space to sleep in, you know, and to kind of recharge. And maybe you're not in that space all the time and it might not be feasible at first, but like, it's just like there's a, a deep sensitivity for projectors. So it's so important to kind of have space and time to release all the energy that's not yours. I would say for generators and manifesting generators. You know, I think what's important in relationships is one, they feel very satisfied by them. They feel enriched, they feel fulfilled. They feel like it gives them energy to be around them. It feels like they can like talk about all their passions and all the things that are exciting them really freely. It feels like their energy is valued. You know, generators and manifesting generators are so capable, but people can really take advantage of that, you know, expect them to kind of handle everything. So in an ideal world, they feel so valued and like feel like their energy is really treated as precious and they can kind of really say no when they don't want to. And that like their satisfaction and excitement is seen as really important because the more lit up, and I said this with parenting, the more lit up generators and manifesting generators are, the more kind of life that the world around them, you know? And so really mm-hmm. kind of having that space. I would say for manifestors, the right relationships are the ones that make them feel free, you know, the ones where they can be kind of this very disruptive, forward-thinking, innovative force and have that be respected. Manifestors tend to need a lot of time alone, so that will need to be honored. They tend to have this kind of like provocative energy, you know, so also to be around people that really see what a gift it is to be around that. But I find that where manifestors struggle is when they're in relationships where they feel like they have to shrink and they feel like they're kind of trying to be controlled, but they don't feel powerful. And so, like, they're meant to be in relationships that really inspire them to kind of be bigger and bolder, you know, and like, and more expressed. And then finally, for reflectors, I would say reflectors are very unique creatures, you know, and are here to do things very differently than most, but they're also very sensitive to the people around them and they can kind of mirror back to others what they're feeling. So, it's really important for them to kind of be around people that just feel good to be around, that they are like are good to like take in their energy because it feels really good. But they like projectors will need lots of space and time alone. You know, they they need to feel into things, move at their own process. They are very fluid here to express themselves in many ways. So really kind of being in relationships that kind of honor how fluid and vast they are, and not kind of expecting them to show up in the same way day after day.
0: What would you say about? The way that, you know, this relationship with generators in the world are shifting. And I think any of the more motor-driven types, you know, the man-gen, the, the generators, you know, we're really shifting our paradigm with the way that we work and the way that we show up. And as reflectors and as projectors, we're, you know, designed to support that that transition. What, mm-hmm. you know, from your perspective can really help those generators or manjens. gens shift out of that doer mentality into a more rich fulfillment of who they are
1: you know I think that the majority of people are generators and manifesting generators I want to caveat that by saying it doesn't mean you're not rare every design is its own thing but like the most people are doers they're really here to kind of create and build things that really satisfy them so I think that like this shift is really around from a way of working of like, just kind of saying yes to everything, doing things that don't satisfy them, like doing things just because they think they can and not because they actually desire to and really starting to kind of take seriously their own desires, their own excitements, their own wants, their own passions, like seeing that not as a selfish choice, but as like, honestly, the most beneficial choice for everybody. Because when generators and manifesting generators are lit up, it gives us energy as projectors. It gives everyone energy. It kind of powers everybody. But if they are feeling really frustrated and overextended, they kind of project sluggishness, not excitement. Mm -hmm. And I always say part of the way that we are uniquely capable of supporting them as projectors, reflectors is really being so attuned to how they're using their energy and whether it's in a way that really feels right for them. You know, if they feel aligned, we're going to feel that. If they're feeling misaligned, we're going to (laughs) feel that, you know? And so like, I think sharing that, but also asking them questions in a way that helps them get clear on what they genuinely have the energy for and how to create space to do that. You know, we've got a real knack as projectors and reflectors to kind of really sense when somebody's on the edge of burnout, you know, or like mm-hmm. is is feeling really drained by what they're doing. So I think kind of offering that insight when people are really open to it and ready for it.
0: I think that open to it and ready for it is key. I was definitely that projector that's like, well, let me tell everybody everything that I see. And everybody's like, not interested, you know, and then I'm over here sulking and licking my wounds totally. and everything. But it is so incredible to give ourselves permission to show up in the world in a different way. And I know my my best friend, my mom, is a generator as well. Mm. And we just frick and frack so well. And my sister's a manager and my niece and nephews are manifestors. And wow. so it's like such an interesting dynamic to firsthand like have that dynamic within the family to see all of that play of energy. But it is so incredible when everybody that's not projector, which is basically everybody but me, really gets honored in their energy and in their space. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like deeply I need that being seen and being valued and being appreciated for what it is that I've brought to the table or how I'm showing up and doing things, but then also recognizing to wait for for the invitation to yeah. actually be asked my perspective. You know, that's been a big learning lesson in my life, especially to toggle between in leadership and then in personal relationships and having a strong clear vision and having strong insights with people, but then waiting for them to be ready to receive what it is that I have. I think that's such the lesson in our lives, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Totally. To see all of our friends and family lit up in what they're doing and show up in a different way, not in burnout, is such a gift, you know, and it's such a gift to our world and to our collective. So Mm -hmm. that's amazing. That's something that we talk a lot about here on in The Calm as well. So kind of moving into that next question is like, how do we bring... This wisdom into our wellness and into our well-being, you know, you've kind of touched in on it a little bit, but are there any key pieces in a chart and even, I'm always fascinated by the views. I think a lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't dive into that when we're talking about the basics of human design, Mm -hmm. but I've seen so much valuable information in the nuances of the views or different things like that
1: yeah i mean there are so many pieces like i think when it comes to wellness one area to look at is definitely what we call your undefined or open centers which are the white shapes because those really reflect where you're the most sensitive to other people and so and often where you can kind of get really lost in other people's energy which can have some real effects like if i'm to look at your chart You know, you've got what we call an undefined root center, which means that you're really sensitive to other people's stress. And so if you're kind of like lost in and consumed by other people's stress all the time, you might find yourself like rushing for everything, feeling really frenetic. You can like easily run out your adrenals, you know? And so like, I think that like for you really having a healthy relationship to stress, not having urgency and rushing be your default and really creating time to kind of slow down is so important because you can kind of get lost in this like hamster wheel of like, I will never rest until I finish, but then there's always more to do. And then you just like (laughs) never rest, you know? And like, and then you also have like a tendency to just like overdo. This is true for us, all as projectors and just like saying yes to everything. So like really learning how to build rest and spaciousness into your days, you know, like you're somebody who's really sensitive to your apologies for the painters in the back getting our house painted right now. <laughs> yeah, um, you also, you know, you're really sensitive to your physical space. So honestly, one of the best ways that you can care for yourself is to be in online and offline spaces that feel good in your body. You know, you're somebody who's really sensitive to like, other people's sense of well-being. So if you're on people that like, aren't taking good care of themselves, like you feel it, you know? So I think like yes. really understanding those areas are so impactful before I keep going to that. Oh, I mean, I
0: I feel like completely seen and validated. That's a million percent me. And it's so loud in my body. You know, I am very sensitive. I'm a generational intuitive. That's something that's been with me since birth where the information that I get is so tremendous and overwhelming. And I didn't understand until I started seeing the open centers and putting that together. I'm like, no wonder it's like a big magnifying glass in all these areas. And then being able to really disconnect from the association that so much of that might be mine. You know, it's like valuable information and I enjoy receiving it, but being able to kind of take that space, as you said, in online and offline, the importance of really being in places that feel good to me is huge. And I think that's true for all of us in our own ways. You know, it's so incredible. And yes, you just nailed that on the head, like 100%. 100%.
1: Yeah. I think that like, it just, like you said, there's such value in being sensitive to other people because it offers like, we, we feel so much, we experience such a range of things. Like we can help others, but it does require the awareness of what's ours and what's not. So we can work with it in a healthy way. I think other areas that are helpful in that, in the realm of wellness is definitely kind of how we eat digestion. You know, there's a piece of human design that speaks to how to kind of consume food in the most aligned way. It's not about like eat kale or be a vegetarian. It's more around like, (laughs) what is the environment or kind of what is the, I mean, what are the conditions of the food? Like for you, as you perhaps have explored, like it's actually as counterintuitive as it might sound. It's about kind of like eating in spaces that really energize you and kind of hype you up. You know, it's like eating when you're walking, eating when you're standing up, like not being super sedentary. (laughs) And it's so funny, like even the name of your podcast, because like your system kind of, and your design runs calm. And so to like it's good to kind of eat food that kind of like spices things up, so you can kind of like digest a little bit better. Does that feel yes. at all aligned with your experience? Okay,
0: well, to give you kind of another piece of the picture, my company yeah. Chaos So and
1: calm. good, so yeah. The podcast
0: is like where we find our empowerment is sort of in that balance of accepting the chaos and the calm. It's yes. in the calm space. So yeah, I absolutely. I love like playing loud music at different times and running around and like getting that buzz going. And then I totally chill out and I'm super calm and Zen and and so many areas of my life. So it is a really interesting balance. And then if I didn't know that I would think, oh, I need to sit down. I need to just eat in peace. Like I, I must be messing with my digestion, but actually the more I was calm in my eating and would sit down and spend quiet time, it actually would unsettle my stomach and I would have yeah. indigestion. So it's so crazy how it it really does give us such incredible guidance. Really, it does feel counterintuitive, some of the things, but then when you really think about you and the way that you're showing up and what feels best in your body or in your spirit or in your engagement with the world, I mean, it really does give you validation to just yeah. accept those pieces. Now I rarely sit down. I mean, I lay on the floor, I stand up, I walk around, i you know, like everywhere, mm-hmm. but sitting at a table usually.
1: I know, and it's like I have a similar one, you know. And I used to live in New York City, and I would be like, "Why do I like to like eat when I'm walking?" This is so weird. I shouldn't do it, but I was like, "I love doing it," you know. So it's just like often we're doing these things intuitively, and human design just reminds us of that. Another cool piece is around kind of we each have a strongest sense. It could be around having your food look beautiful, having it smell good, having it taste right for you. It's like actually all about closing your eyes. As funny as that sounds, like it's like you've got like there's so much kind of sensitivity to kind of like stimulation outside of you. And so sometimes the best thing to do is to just close your eyes and kind of cut off all that stimulation and just kind of connect. And that could be literally like eating with your eyes closed, like listening back <laughs> to a podcast with your eyes closed. Okay. You know? I have like, not tried that. I'm going to have to try it. Try that. Now I'm right. really
0: excited about this.
1: And even like wondering what to eat, closing your eyes and seeing what kind of arises in your mind and the view you were talking about your personal view. Is that what you're referencing?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Different. Yeah. And that's like, again, there's human design is endless, you know, but I think there's a piece around how we're kind of meant to experience the world and the lens through which we look out at the world. And and basically we all have a spectrum, like a, a view that's more aligned and a view that's kind of out of alignment. And we will always bounce back and forth between the two, but it can be useful to know what those two are. And so for you, the most aligned view is kind of looking out at the world through like a lens of like divine selfishness you know, it's just like, I am going to do things in the way that I want to do them. Like, not because anyone else has asked me to, not because I'm like trying to like move up the hierarchy here, but just because like, this feels like me, you know? And like, when you kind of get off track, it's more around like, I'm going to do this because I think I should, because like, maybe it will like improve my standing in some way because like others want me to do it. And so like, you're meant to be really rooted in this like divine selfishness. It's like, I always do things exactly how I want, you know, and I will kind of trust <laughs> that those are the, the right yes. things for me and kind of not getting lost in all these like power games and, and kind of what others are doing, but staying really rooted in what feels true for you.
0: Yeah. Oh, I have seen that, that thread in my life. So, much. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, you guys listening, like, I mean, you know me, like I'm not an ego driven person but in that way, I am extremely selfish. You know, it does have ben to resonate it. for exactly what it is. And growing up, you know, in that you're taught, oh, you should look at what everybody is doing and be respectful of that and like show up in ways that are cohesive for your community type of feedback, right? I always felt like such an asshole because I'm like, nope, that's yeah. not the right way to do it. And and yet when I would try to do things the way that others did them, it just would shut me down. It never works. I would get so many blocks. And when I just free flow and let myself know what direction to go from that inner knowing, every door opened and it was just like magic leap after magic leap, like just unimaginable successes Mm. or gifts or friendships or relationships or all these pieces. And so it was so visible and tangible. And I speak to that often. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it's just for each of us. We have that that inner knowing. And maybe it's not inner knowing, but it's another yeah. another factor of knowing ourselves and what's right for ourselves. And in this world of hustle culture, or you know, your business is only going to be successful if you show up in market like this. And I just think it's total BS. I know because I've seen it and I've seen it in action and see how it works. And our businesses are driven by our magnetism and what we attract in. Can you speak to, because I know you're a leadership coach as well. You've worked with so many incredible entrepreneurs and business leaders. What do you see in terms of business success when people are in that place of their own alignment?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that like the way we work really transforms. You know, I've worked with so many clients that have achieved levels of success, but they just don't feel good in it. They feel exhausted. They feel burnt out. And so I think human design really supports them in building businesses that like not only look good and are successful in all the ways that desire, but really feel good and really feel sustainable, you know, and that could look like as a projector, like having the right support around you, you know, kind of being squarely in your gifts, but like not trying to do all the doing yourself. And that's been a big lesson for me is like, I felt a lot of pressure early on to kind of be good at like all the aspects of our business, but like I'm not you know what I mean? Like I'm really good (laughs) at a few, you know, and and honestly, what I am best at is sharing human design. And so like, I really have people around me that kind of do the rest, you know, and do it way better than me, but in a way that kind of allows me to be just like in that role of sharing my perspective and studying the system and kind of continuing to get better. And that's been really effective, you know, and so much of our design as projectors is not about chasing after opportunities or initiating them, them about, but about really just like, letting ourselves be seen and, and trusting the right people to kind of resonate with our energy and come to us. And that's also really transformed things for our business. You know, I've made it my job mm-hmm. to make us visible and that's kind of been the, the core thing, but you know, so many pieces, like, you know, I work with so many manifestors, manifestors are here to start things, but not always to finish them. Not always to kind of like Complete, but just to kind of get the ball rolling. And I worked with so many manifestors that are so burnt out because they like get a thing off the ground and then feel like they're supposed to be the ones to do all the doing to keep that thing alive, Mm. you know. But when they just like learn that their gift is getting it off the ground and then they can kind of delegate and make themselves available for the next vision to emerge, it feels so much better for them, you know. And so it it really just helps us kind of build businesses in a way that feels a lot better, but I think ultimately leads to far more success because it allows us to create opportunities in the way that works for us. And another example is generators. Like generators aren't here to pursue initiate things as well. Like they're here to see what shows up in their world and what they naturally respond to. And Mm -hmm. so I worked with a lot of generators that like have this kind of tunnel vision on like the business they wanna build. And it's just like resistance and roadblock after roadblock. And then they kind of step back and just be like, but what's showing up and what feels right? And then they kind of let that guide them and like things flow so much more beautifully. And so like, it's just like all these really simple but meaningful shifts that we can make to kind of create opportunities and lead and hire and market in a way that like works for us and and Mm -hmm. might not work for anyone else, but really works for us.
0: Okay, so I have so many questions on that too, but like something that's really stood out in my journey with business and in life is the emotional, non-emotional. I grew up surrounded by non-emotionals until the kids came and then they're emotional. So I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like. So there's this connection. For me, I really did not feel that connected to my emotions. I didn't understand my emotional waves and things like that growing up. And they weren't necessarily super loud in ways that were just blaring either. And so I didn't understand that my emotions are actually a powerhouse for me, that actually allowing them to move almost feels like a current and feels like a wave into the next step of where I'm supposed to be. Versus non emotional, you know, seeing how much the non emotionals around me tend to take on emotions of others or identify or associate with emotions. And that's kind of blocking them. So it's really interesting to see mm-hmm. this in business this conversation of like when we surrender to what is really right for us and in our authority, in our system, it really does sort of open this flow of energy mm-hmm. and creation and opportunity. And so could you share a bit about the emotional side of that? Because I'm still leaning into understanding my emotions, actually, but it's been so interesting to realize, wait, my emotions are my, they're my wisdom, my powerhouse, they're giving me energy.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So some of us will have what we call a defined emotional center. So you'll know that you do if you look your chart up. And your authority says, wait for clarity or emotional. That means that you have a defined emotional center. And it basically means that, as you said, like your emotions are a real source of energy in your design, but you will have these emotional waves, like where you will wake up one day and feel high or wake up the next day and feel low. And like, not always know why, but like an important part of that journey for us that have this is to honor where we are. It's not about trying to get out of the lows or prolong the highs, but to be present to our emotions and let them move. You know, the more we are just like, Present to them and not trying to control them, the more they can move. If we get in our head and try to explain them and make sense of them or suppress them, like it can just become a lot more complicated, you know? And they are very powerful. They're very impactful. Our emotions spill out and impact the world around us. So it's, I think it's important for you to understand that, like, and I think you do already, is that like when you're on an emotional high, the people around you feel it, you know, and are so uplifted by it when you're on in a low, people feel it too. So it can be a really nice time to kind of be in your own energy. (laughs) Uh, Big lesson for me, you know, I think that like (laughs) just being aware of that, especially my partner is very sensitive to my emotions. So really kind of understanding that and, and really kind of learning how to take space and be in my own energy when I'm in that low. And I would say in terms of how the wave moves, you know, it moves differently for each of us. Like Mm -hmm. the way that it moves in your design is kind of like a slow build where it's like all these kind of little moments can accumulate like little annoyances, little challenges. And then like every so often you kind of need like an emotional outburst. And like, that could be, I'm going to rant, I'm going to sing, I'm going to yell, I'm going to just like move or dance. And then you kind of like reset. It's so healthy to kind of like let it out and then reset. So I think one, it's so important for you to allow that. And then I think secondly, it's important for those around you to know that because like sometimes you might react to a small moment and they might think it's like an overreaction, but it's really mm-hmm. a result of like the hundred moments that came before and it's just going kind to of built up and need to be released. And so them supporting you in that. And then one other piece I would share, and I don't know whether you feel this, is like the way that the emotions operate in your design is they're very powerful, but also there's not a direct connection to the throat, meaning that. You might not always be able to kind of easily articulate them in the moment. And so like that's just also just a thing to be aware of is like being present to your emotions, but not forcing yourself to kind of verbalize them before it feels natural or kind of before it actually feels like the time to. Yes.
0: I wanna share a little bit about that for everyone yeah. listening to you, because I 100 percent agree with you that you know my emotions have been slow built and i could see that especially in my earlier life where i would get frustrated or things like that where it would need to burst out i actually have a ton of creative expressions and music and art and writing and things like that where i would channel a lot of that energy or emotional fuel or get out in nature I think earlier in life, before I was as self-aware, there would definitely be moments where I would take out that energy and that burst on other people. Maybe the person that was standing right in front of me. I think most of us do that, right? We protect our outbursts or our feelings or emotions. But when we start to become more self-aware or aware of how we function, for me, that really gave me permission to say, okay, I need to step back and look at what I'm actually upset about and where it's coming from and not take it out on others or, you know, take my reprieve and like go spend time alone if I feel really upset because it most of the time for me didn't have to do with the person right next to me. It had to do with a lot of other areas in my life that I needed to go and process and as you said, give time and space to sort of let it reset. And so that became such a beautiful way of being in my relationships where i understood Mm. that because it made me feel better and safer to have my emotions and it gave me permission to really feel them and knowing and trusting that i wasn't going to just lash out at somebody that i'm not trying to hurt anybody you know it's not it's not my job to like dump all that on another person. It's not their job to receive it. It's up to me to process my own information Mm -hmm. and then decide if any of that needs to have a communication with the person that is next to me, you know, like maybe there was a tiny little piece of that that needed to be in a healthy communication, but waiting to have the communication until I do have the clear Mm -hmm. message was something that was really important for me to kind of sit with and learn. Yeah, yeah.
1: totally. And I just like, it's patience for these people. It's like, it's funny. It's You said it's chaos and calm? Yeah, chaos and it, calm is the it, company. It's funny because like the part of one lesson for us as people that have this, what we call defined emotional center or wait for clarity or emotional authority is that like, Patience is our medicine. It's like, we have these ups and downs. And so instead of reacting to anything in the heat of the moment, it's giving ourselves time to really feel into things and seeing what stays strong over time. And like, there's such a depth and knowing and calm that comes with time. And when we give ourselves that space, like we can enter into things so calmly and so clearly and have the energy for it. But like, if we make decisions in a really rash way in the heat of our emotions, it can like cause so much chaos within us and so Mm -hmm. much chaos around us you know? And so like, there's just such a lesson and really kind of giving ourselves time to enter into things and kind of like letting the emotions move before we take any big action before we communicate, because like, it can be quite chaotic if we do that.
0: Yeah. I'm just going to say amen. Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is so true. And you end up
0: hurting a lot of people around you and hurting yourself and no one gets to elevate from that space. So it is so beautiful to learn that patience and learn your design. So I want to ask you for everyone who is new to human design, we're going to link in the show notes where to connect with you as well and where to get their chart. But for people who don't have access to their birth time, what do you recommend for this? I've come across that with friends here and there. How do you go about working with human design if you don't know your birth time?
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, it depends on what, you know, obviously there are some people that don't know the entire day. I've I had people that don't know which day, you know, but you also might be somebody that like knows you're born in the morning, you know, but don't know the precise time. So, you know, the more precise, the better, there are definitely elements of your design, like our environment or digestion that really changes minute by minute. So that's really hard to dig into if you don't know your precise time. Mm-hmm. However, there are many pieces that remain consistent for a bit. And so I would say I would look within whatever range, you know, you know so if you know you're born in the morning like look at 7 a.m 738 839 and then just like see what shifts and like you might notice that like your type actually remains the same the entire time you know throughout the morning but like other pieces shift so I think once you kind of have a sense of what changes you can have more of a conversation around it and then I'll often mm-hmm. have a session with somebody where it's like we know their type but like we're still kind of discovering their profile. So you know it's imperfect. You know there are also you can do I think a rectification in astrology where based on kind of certain life events, they can help dial in on a precise time. So you can pursue either route. You know, I've, I've sat with people that are adapted and don't know throughout the day. And like, we've honestly just had a conversation about all the possibilities and they've kind of really tuned into what feels right for them. So I think that like, there's definitely a way to engage with it. But my biggest recommendation is to really first discover like what changes within the range that, you know, so you know what you're working with. Mm,
0: that's really, really helpful. Yeah, to c- take it through the day to day. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. All of this wisdom. before we head off, I would love it if you would share, please name drop all of your amazing offerings, because I know you've just come out with so many great new ways to
1: connect and work with you. Yeah, what is going on in your world? Of course. So, you know, I would say if you're just getting started, I want to learn about your design. The best place is definitely the Blueprint book, which you mentioned earlier. And that basically is a written guide all about your unique design. Mine so kind of, right here. We're gonna, oh, my God. Like, Printed. and like, beautiful. I have it oh. all
0: like bound. And when I tell you, I mean, you guys, it was so amazing to see yourself right here in a little booklet. You guys can see Oh, my see God. Mine. I love it. It's So I don't know if I can like I'm not like a content creator here where I'm like you sure. feel like you <laughs> could, could it be good at showcasing.
1: No, that's, that's amazing. It's like it's it's such a beautiful one. I love that you printed it out, like it is and bound it. It really like is meant to be a book all about you, and it's meant to be a thing that you keep returning to. And it covers all the pieces we talked about today and so much more. And I think that, like you said, it like is very in depth. Like no two are the same, but it is not meant to be overwhelming or full of jargon. You know, it's meant to be very. Simple and accessible and empowering and applicable. I'm happy to create a discount code for your audience if you would like yeah. to do
0: that. How about we use calm?
1: Calm. So, discount code will be calm. And then also, you know, if you want to move beyond learning your design to kind of learning human design in general, we just launch all these new classes that kind of dive into every piece of the chart from the more foundational layers like type to the more complicated deeper layers like digestion or environment so those are all on our site blueprint.com. and then also if you're like really advanced and you're like I have a strong foundation. I'm a reader I want to go even deeper I want community we have an amazing membership that kind of we dive deep together every month around a certain theme and it's a really beautiful place to kind of learn human design not just through classes but through live readings and through case studies and to kind of practice readings and to kind of keep refining your human design skills in community.
0: Oh, that is so good. You did not have any of that except for the blueprint when I first found you. And then I went on a deep dive and got certified through another channel. Yeah. But then I saw I saw your offering I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could have gone that route. But I, I'm really excited that you've got some other pieces. I need to check into the membership. Yeah. That sounds really up my alley. That's super yes.
1: cool. Yeah, super cool. I'll
0: you. make sure mm-hmm. that everyone has the ways to connect with you in the show notes and also, where want to find you on Instagram, but this has been such an illuminating conversation. I'm so honored to have you here and thank you for my audience, but also thank you for myself because your words and perspective of human design and the way that you approach it has been so deeply validating in my life and helped me shed so many layers and really step into a new presentation as a projector. So it feels
1: so good. And I just want to thank you and see you for that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was so wonderful to be here. Yeah. Excited to have this out in the world. Likewise.